0: I've been to Loch Ness several times, home of the infamous Loch Ness Monster. A couple of years ago, I even stayed in a cabin with my family right on the shores of the Loch. In the morning, I'd sip a cup of Earl Grey tea and watch the waters. During the day, I went out on a boat, searching with sonar, and at night, I lit a campfire, sipping whiskey this time and looking for something unique out there on the water. There was one moment when we all heard the strangest sort of roar coming from the water. Was it the beastie or something else like a sea otter? I can't say. All I know is that when I was at Loch Ness, my eyes were always trained on the water. Because, like everybody else, I assume that that is where you find the fantastic and unusual in that place. Perhaps I should have been looking around me instead. At the shores and the hills and the dark ridges where you see the glowing distant lights of houses. Places I'd paid little attention to. And yet, as we will learn in tonight's case, sometimes the supernatural isn't out there somewhere. It's right where you're sitting. Tonight on Frightful, we head to Loch Ness in Scotland for a frightening and unexplained phenomenon that has nothing to do with the water. I'm Peter Laws, and this is the spine-tingling case. The house with the crawling woman. (laughs) Peter and Dorothy McEwen met while studying psychology at Edinburgh University. They were married in 1951 and began their life together way down south in London. Yet the bustle and busyness of the city just wasn't for them. They were far more suited to the fresh air of the countryside... They had two young children, too, and were sure that they would prefer to grow up in the great outdoors. So the McEwans decided to break free from the city and move. But while there were plenty of rural options not far from London, they wanted to head much further north. Back to the country that had brought them together. Scotland. (laughs) And so in December 1952, they packed up their belongings, said farewell to friends and colleagues and made the 600-mile journey up-country to the Scottish Highlands. The Highlands are a stunning and beautiful landscape, famous for the wide-open spaces and spectacular dramatic scenery. And Peter and Dorothy had picked one of the gems. They would live near the town of Fort Augustus on the shores of Loch Ness. Their money stretched considerably further than it did in London, And soon they had moved into a large and creaking old Georgian house. Ardiki Lodge was built as a shooting lodge in the 19th century, though it stood on the grounds of a much older property. The previous occupant was Mr. Bruin, an elderly man who had lived there with his wife for many years. But she died two years before. He was all alone in this sprawling house. It was time to pass it on to a family the rooms and hallways of Ardiki would hear life again. The place was run down and in need of work, but the location and size was impressive, with several thousand acres of surrounding land. It wasn't just a house either, but an estate, with a few separate cottages, outhouses, gardens and a pond. The plan was to raise pedigree pigs at Ardiki, though the locals scoffed at that, The land round there wasn't particularly fit for such a venture, and so they grumbled. But despite the pessimism of neighbours, Peter and Dorothy McEwen pressed on (laughs) undeterred. And so they settled into their new life, and that life was good. But there was only one problem. The estate took a lot of time and attention, and plus the pigs were multiplying, getting a little out of hand. This was a much more demanding prospect than they had imagined, and so it was decided the McEwans would hire another couple who would live on the estate. A woman to help with the childcare and housekeeping, and a man who would lend a hand with the animals and the land. They would advertise, not locally, but back in London. Peter's parents still lived in the capital, and so his mother placed an ad in the local newsagents. Applications started coming in, and Peter's parents looked through each one they finally decided on the most suitable couple for the job, the McDonald's. Though they lived in London, the McDonald's were originally from Scotland. The records don't appear to give their first names, so we will call them Jamie and Elspeth. Jamie was a postman and Elspeth a housekeeper. She was half Scottish, half French, and both were hard-working, practical people. Like the McEwans, they too seemed weary of the London life, and they loved the idea of working in the Scottish Highlands. Not least because it would be good for Elspeth's health. Her doctors had said that city life was not ideal for her. Two weeks after the initial interview with Peter's parents, they were invited to spend a month at the lodge on a probationary basis. And if the month went well, they'd be offered a permanent position. Elspeth and Jamie must have been pretty confident they'd get the job. Because they sold their things and Jamie left his postal service job behind along with its pension. And they boarded the night train from London to Glasgow. And then the West Highland Line. It was an epic journey. But then finally on the morning of the 17th of August 1953. These two weary travellers climbed off the train at Speenbridge Railway Station. Where they were met with a familiar face. Peter McEwen's father. Jamie,
1: Elspeth, you made it. Good to see you again, sir. And you. Nice to see that lovely smile of yours, Elspeth.
2: Thank you, sir. Is your wife not with you today?
1: I'm
0: afraid not. She sends her apologies. She's back in London. I see. But the master and mistress of the house are eagerly awaiting your arrival back in Ardegu. So how about I whisk you there right
1: now? (laughs) And how'd you like that brisk (laughs) Scottish air, eh? No pea super smog round here.
0: Jamie and Elspeth... May have been nervous driving up the glen to meet their prospective employers at Ardaki. But Peter and Dorothy were a little nervous to meet them too. These two couples would be living on top of each other day in and day out. Would they get along? There she is, Ardaki Lodge. Your new home,
2: eh? Oh, look, is that
1: them? Coming out the door? Welcome to Scotland. Or should I say, welcome back. I'm Peter. You must be Jamie. It's a pleasure, sir. And my wife, Elspeth? Sir?
2: Ma'am? How was the journey?
1: Long. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trek, all right.
2: <laughs> ah, but worth it, though. It's a beautiful home you have.
1: She's not stopped talking about the house all night. Probably why we barely (laughs) slept coming up. She's excited to see it. (laughs) Well, I'm sure the house is excited to see you too, Elspeth. How about we introduce you?
0: The McDonald's were shown to their room, and after putting their bags away, they were given a tour of the lodge, its land, and its various buildings. The expected tasks and duties were pointed out, and it was a hefty list. Peter and Dorothy were sensitive hosts, though, and they noticed how the McEwans were starting to trudge through this tour. They got worse for Elspeth, especially when they reached the rose garden outside. For some reason, it was here that Elspeth seemed particularly agitated and uncomfortable.
2: Oh, look at you, dear. You're shattered. How about you both have an early night, and we can pick up
1: the full tour tomorrow? That's very kind of you, miss. Uh, Unneeded, I think. What do you say, Elspeth? Elspeth, the lady says we can go to bed, love.
2: Oh, yes, that's... Thank you, Mum. That's quite all right. Just get her to bed before she starts laying down in these bushes, eh, Jamie?
1: Right you are, Mum.
2: Can you remember the way to your room? I remember.
0: As the McEwans headed for their room, Dorothy went to join Peter, who was having some supper with his father James. The three of them headed to the sitting room to chat about their new arrivals. And something...
1: Unexpected happen. So, what's your verdict? Well, they seem like a decent enough sort. Yes,
2: yes but. Hmm?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, she's a little odd, don't you think? Oh,
1: oh, oh. Elspeth? Ah, she's shattered.
2: <coughs> uh, you were the same when you came up. James? Back in London? Yes. Was she like that at the interview? No. Troubled, I mean? No, not at all. She was very excited to come. Uh,
1: uh... <gasps> Elspeth? Oh, back again. Can't you sleep?
2: We're so sorry to bother your drinks, sir. (gasps) Elspeth, whatever's the matter?
1: Uh, Jamie? What's going on? It's about the the room you've kindly put us in. Uh, yes. What of it?
2: Is there something... something wrong with it, sir? It's just What do you
1: mean, wrong with it? It's a very fine room with a... Peter!
2: Let them speak! Why do you ask? Has something happened? Well...
1: Dorothy and I just wanted to know if, well, if anybody had been coming and going up the staircase by our room in the last half hour or so, maybe yourselves? No,
2: there hasn't been anybody. We've been in here, together. Why do you ask?
1: Elspeth, love, tell him.
2: Well, we went back to our room, like you said. Jamie was shattered from the long journey, so he fell asleep as soon as he climbed into bed. But me, I was organizing a few little things and I was about to get into bed when I hear footsteps, see? Coming up the staircase. They startled me, so they did. Someone walking, steady and sure, but slow, deliberate. Then I heard them steps move along the corridor just by our door. I thought they might knock for us, but then they went into the opposite room. Are you sure? I'm positive, sir. In fact, it was so clear that I wondered if it might be the master or mistress of the house needing us for one thing or other. So I put my head out of my door, but the corridor was deserted. It was peculiar. So I came back into my bedroom and just as I closed the door, I heard them again. The footsteps. Only this time, them steps was pounding up that staircase. Enough to wake my husband. Jamie,
1: you actually heard these steps too? I did, sir. There was someone on the stairs, sure enough.
2: So we sat and listened to whoever it was moving up the stairs along the corridor by our door, and then into the room across the landing.
1: The corridor was empty. But did you take the room across from you? I did, sir. But when I opened the door, the room was empty. Just furniture, shadows, and nothing more. We do have a pet dog and a pet cat, perhaps. Do they wear shoes, sir? Then were shoes. Fair enough. Uh, could be the generator knocking. It's L- sometimes. Uh, listen, listen
0: to you both. Uh, this is a very old house. That's all. Old houses they creak. You see. I'm old. I creak. It's wood. So what you heard was just the house settling in for the night. So there's really nothing to worry and about. I
2: know footsteps when I hear them. Let's see. Look, you've had a long journey. Perhaps if you just head back to bed, and we can chat about this in the morning.
1: It is very late. It is, uh, and I apologize. Uh, Not a great first impression is this, is it? (laughs) It's okay. Uh, Get some sleep and we'll talk tomorrow.
0: The McDonald's let out a sigh and headed back, creaking up the same stairs they had heard that presence on earlier. Dorothy, Peter and James must have whispered a few concerned words about their prospective new housekeeper and caretaker, but it was only going to get worse. Because just about one hour later. Living in a haunted lodge in the Scottish Islands was a stressful experience for Peter and Dorothy McEwen. But at least they didn't have to worry about getting charged for digital subscription services that they totally forgot about. Well, because they didn't have those in the 1950s. But boy, do we have them now. And I, like 80% of people, know the bone-shivering shock of signing up for a free trial for something or other. And getting charged when I didn't even want the thing. Because I forgot the deadline. Well, you can be as at ease as the 1950s McEwen's with Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place Here's a nifty feature Rocket Money will even categorize your expenses which is actually a very clever way of keeping an eye on where your money is exactly going and it'll even alert you if something looks off Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money and it's saved the average person a staggering $720 a year With that sort of money the McEwans could have hired a second housekeeper who didn't happen to see dead people at night. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com frightful. That's rocketmoney.com frightful. Rocketmoney.com slash frightful. The McEwans left the hustle and bustle of London to have a healthier life in the natural setting of the Scottish Highlands. Their mistake was thinking that hiring a housekeeper and cook was going to make their life easier. Turns out that was far from it. If only they'd chosen to do it themselves and signed up for HelloFresh. Well, okay, that wasn't available then either. But it is definitely available to us now and it will make your life easier and healthier too. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients and recipes to make tasty dishes right to your door. You just pick from the menu and choose a delivery date and then you can kick back and relax because the rest of the summer dinners are now covered. HelloFresh is a brilliant way to get wholesome homemade meals on your dinner table with minimum fuss. Plus it doesn't cost the earth. Did you know that HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping too? No wonder it's America's number one meal kit. I really like how varied the recipes are with HelloFresh, from family-friendly to fit and wholesome. With 40 recipes to choose from, you'll always find something new to try. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Fright and use code 50Fright for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50Fright and use code 50Fright for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Because just about one hour later... Startled, the McEwans rushed to the McDonald's room. Now, before the McDonald's had been nervous and concerned, but now they were genuinely
1: frightened. What is it now? Look, I'm sorry, sir, but we're hearing knocking sounds now. On the corridor again? Footsteps? No, from inside the room.
2: Like knuckles rapping on the walls.
1: Aye, three blows or four. You could hear it all through the bedroom, but then I switched on the light. And as soon as I did, the knocking stopped.
2: Which means it must be watching us.
1: I don't think anyone's going to be getting much sleep after this. How about we head down the stairs and put the kettle on? Let's uh, talk this out.
0: They all headed down the creaking staircase to the kitchen and shared theories over a pot of tea. Could there be an intruder in the house? Was it just imagination? Or was it something harder to explain? Supernatural, perhaps. Peter and Dorothy were trained psychologists, but both were open to the more unusual studies in the field. Back in London, Peter had joined the Society of Psychical Research, one of the longest-running groups seeking an academic understanding of anomalous phenomena. Like ghosts,
1: for example. I'll ask you straight. Do you have a gift for these things? You were a spiritual medium, perhaps? Not particularly. The psychiatrist you worked for that time, tell him what he told you. He told me I might be psychic. Really? I must say I'm as intrigued as I am sleepy. After
0: a while, Peter came up with a plan. They would recreate the conditions. He and Jamie MacDonald would head up to the bedroom, switch off the light and sit for a while waiting for whatever had made the noise to return.
1: Are you ready for this? Not at all, but that won't stop me. Good man.
0: Ten minutes passed, and there was nothing amiss, and so Peter seemed satisfied.
1: Well, everything seems okay now. So perhaps if you both came back to bed and slept on... I don't think you quite understand, sir. My wife, she's not going to be able to sleep in this room again. Nor me, for that matter. It's more than knocking. It gives you the willies. (sighs) It's a good job this house has lots of rooms. Come on.
0: Peter and Dorothy arranged the guest bedroom instead. And the McEwans drew some comfort knowing that this was quite a distance from the room with the footsteps and the knocking. It was separated by another corridor and two flights of stairs. With the room prepared, Peter and Dorothy invited Elspeth and Jamie in. But when Elspeth entered the room, she did something peculiar. She walked across the room and then she placed her head against the fireplace, resting it there. Like she was listening for something.
2: What on earth is she doing? I have no idea.
0: The others watched her nervously until she finally lifted her head. She didn't turn. She just looked at the wall over the fireplace and said,
2: She's in here. (gasps) What's that, love? She's in here. Who is? The old woman. There's an old woman in here.
0: The others looked at one another perplexed, but then Elspeth finally began to slowly turn to face the others. But as she did, her gaze flicked to the top corner of the room. And when it landed there, Elspeth's eyes bulged with (gasps) utter terror. She recoiled in shock.
1: Elspeth! What's wrong? What do you see? There's nothing there. Elspeth didn't seem to
0: hear any of them, but she did start to raise her arm towards that top corner and began to beckon whatever was there to come towards her.
2: Elspeth, stop. Don't look like that. It's frightening.
0: The three of them watched in astonishment as the invisible thing moved across the room. I don't like this. I've got to stop this. Elspeth seemed to flutter her eyes and swayed on her feet, looking around the room to get her bearings.
2: Jamie? Jamie, are you there? I'm here, love. What happened? Didn't you hear the rushing of wings? Like birds. No. But you must have seen her, didn't you? Didn't you all see her? See who? The old
1: woman. We saw and heard nothing. But she
2: was right there.
1: Can you describe her?
2: Well, she, she, had a, she had a shawl around her shoulders and some sort of hat on her head. And her hair, all grey and straggly, as if it had been curly in her younger years. You must have seen her.
1: And what was this old woman doing? Oh,
2: it, it was frightening. She was beckoning me to her with one of her hands and the other hand. Yes? Had the other hand pressed against her face like this, and she wanted me to come to her, but I didn't want to. I will I won't go to her. I won't.
0: <laughs> the McEwan's were baffled and perhaps rather annoyed. Their new housekeeper refused to sleep in the room where the knocking had come, and now she would clearly not be able to sleep in the guest room either. Dorothy and Peter suggested the room that was opposite their own bedroom. It was empty and far away from both of these troubled rooms. To help Elspeth, they even suggested that they leave both bedroom doors open with the lights on. If they were only going to be separated by a corridor, with open doors, Elspeth agreed. They wearily headed to this new arrangement, climbing into beds within shouting distance of one another. And all seemed well for a few minutes. But then the McDonald's made a commotion. Peter climbed out of bed and went really? to their open door.
1: What's the matter? She's following me. She's found me again. I'm sorry, sir, but the knocking—it's back. Well, we didn't hear a thing. I know. It's a very, very faint this time. Around our bedhead, you see. There's nowhere to go.
0: The couples gathered together bleary-eyed on the landing and were about to discuss the next steps when Elspeth let out a terrible shriek.
2: Elspeth! What is it? She's there! Just down the hallway! You must see her! You must!
0: A three of them followed Elspeth's petrified gaze. She was staring at the far end of the landing. They saw no old woman. But all three still felt a shiver of fear when Elspeth added...
2: Look! Look! Can't you see? She's coming towards us on her hands and knees! She's crawling on the floor! Elspeth, please stop! This is too far! Wait! There's something in her hand! A candle?
1: Look! Look! She's coming! Listen Mm. to me! I want you to try something. I want you to speak to this lady, okay? (laughs) Make some sort of contact. Elspeth
0: nodded and looked down the landing, calling out.
2: What's troubling you? Oh, she won't answer. Oh, she's crawling away. Around the corner there. Oh, thank heavens, she's gone. I swear I saw a candle in her. Oh, gee. No, she's coming, coming back. She's looking at us. She's crawling back to us. It's horrible.
0: Elspeth stared in horror at the wrinkled hands and knees, crawling now with speed towards them all.
1: She's coming for me. She's caught. That's it. No
0: more. Jamie and the others bundled Elspeth back and hurried her down the staircase. They headed to the kitchen and sat at the table, all of them breathless and trembling with fright.
1: Whatever you're seeing, Elsbeth, it's following you round the house. She, sir, it's a
2: she. Well, you have to sleep somewhere. I'd put you in the children's room, but they're still asleep.
1: I'm amazed they've slept through this din. Peter, the guest cottage. But your father, sir, you, you, you sleeping right now? Then we just have to wake him up It's the only option left And it's out the house
0: So as awkward as it was Peter went to the cottage and roused his dad from sleep James, a decent man, didn't complain He let their new guests take his room Of course Surely this would work It was out of the house itself But by now it was already 4.30am Peter, James and Dorothy headed back to a home That suddenly felt no longer safe and they switched off the light and eventually sank into a restless, haunted sleep. What horrors will happen on the second night? Join me for the next and final part of this episode of Frightful in the house of the Crawling Woman. Special thanks to Zoe Bach and Edward Frizell for acting in tonight's episode. If you're enjoying the show and you want to support it, but also get ad-free episodes, then check out patreon.com forward slash Peter Laws. You'll get lots of exclusive content and learn a little bit more about my books and other work at peterlaws.co.uk. Sleep well,
2: if you can.